Hello, I'm Leroy Garcia, and this is Blue Rain Gallery Podcast. Today in the studio, we have with us a wonderful artist extraordinaire in Frank Buffalo Hyde. Welcome to the studio, Frank. Thank you. I appreciate you inviting me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, and welcome to the gallery. We really appreciate you uh, taking a chance on us and, and working with us. Um, I've been watching your, your work for a few years, and um, I, I really love it. And But before we get into what makes it all great and all that, let's talk a little bit about you. Tell me about your family, uh, where you come from, and then get into a little bit of your schooling. How, how did you become an artist, and, and what inspired you to become an artist? Things of that nature. Sure. Um, I was born here in Santa Fe at the old Indian Hospital um, in 1974. And I spent um, three or four years here, and then my parents split up, and then I went to with my mother to the Onondaga Indian Nation in Syracuse. And um, after that, I would spend equal time with my mother and equal time with my father out here in the summertime. So very much did grow up in both places in um, Syracuse and Santa Fe. So it gave me a, a, a really well-rounded perspective of um, indigenous life and you know, sort of the contrast of um, living on a nation, a sovereign nation, and then also living in the, in the mecca uh, of a contemporary native art. So going out through the years, you know, my family's filled with artists on both sides, not just my father. My mother is a modern dancer. My uncles were all um, in the art field. My, one of my uncles was a draftsman for the Air Force, and um, they're all musicians, and everybody's, you know, everybody's good at art. So... Um, it was kind of always going to be part of my life, um, but I resisted it. You know, as a young person, you always like, no, 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 I'm going to do something different. I'm going to carve my own path. Like, I got to I got to do this. So I started out um, being a musician, I had a band in central New York. It was an all native band. We played blues rock originals, only like four covers because they were too hard to learn. Um, so <laughs> then we ended up we, we ended up doing pretty well. And then um, after that, I. Uh, after having like um, gas station attendant jobs after high school, I decided I would come back to Santa Fe and go to IAI and try to do something with my life. But um, I came back for creative writing though. I got into the writing program mm -hmm. and still was resisting being a painter. I was like, no, I don't want to be an artist. And there's too many artists in the family, but uh, slowly but surely I started uh, spending more time in the painting studios. And, um, but honestly, um, what I've learned about art, I've learned from working in other artist studios and, you know, doing it, being in the field. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah uh, just immersing yourself. Um, I know uh, from doing art myself, um, it's, it's about practice every day. Um, and you have to be able to focus and dedicate that time. So th that, that's real cool. Um, I first became familiar with you by meeting your father, mm -hmm. a great uh, Native American sculptor. And um, his name's Frank Hyde, and uh, he's shown here in Santa Fe forever, I mm -hmm. think, right? Since Alan Hauser. And yeah. He probably's graduated by a. Well, Doug, actually, and he. Or uh, Doug, sorry. Yeah, yeah Doug, sorry. <laughs> That's the other thing I didn't say about the Institute of American Indian Arts. I'm, a, I'm an instant, I'm an IAIA baby. My mother and father both attended um, school there, so there's multi generations of kids that have uh, parents that met there and were made there, so yeah. um, he. Um, he definitely was a student there when they were in the golden age, air quotes. Um, and uh, he went back and taught for, uh, I think, a year, or maybe a year um, after Alan retired. But yeah, so it's, um, 
it's been interesting to grow up and and uh and see someone like your role when your role models navigate the art world yeah and uh i was able to sort of avoid some of the pitfalls of just by watching what he did and didn't do but well it's hard in those if you're not i mean it's one thing to become an artist but it's another thing to navigate through the career of being an artist. Absolutely. Right. And I, I think that's what you're talking about. Cause I see those pitfalls. Uh, I've been in the business now 30, 30 plus years, 32. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I have no hair left. <laughs> I um, yeah. yeah. So tell me who, who's your biggest inspiration as far as other artists? What do you like about other artists and who's inspired you the most? You know, I, um, that is a difficult question. And I think, for me, it changes. It's changed over the years. You know, definitely when I was younger, I was inspired by all of the you know twentieth century uh, ab, you know modern artists like William de Kooning and Jasper Johns and Rauschenberg, Warhol. Um, also inspired by German expressionist painters, and um, of course, there's you know the Native American artists, contemporary Native American artists like uh, T. C. Cannon, Earl Biss, and uh, Fritz Scholder. Um, but those people were very like real people to me because they were friends of my father's contemporaries of my father. So those people actually spent time in the house uh, with me when I was a kid. I was surrounded by their work. Some of them had gifted me work when I was little and um, in a very real way, they, they, they're like uncles to me. So they kind of, um, you know, a lot of people have the idea of the, the icons that became in the art field, but I have, you know, more grounded memories and ideas of who they were as people as well as you know the art that they made so it really um inspired me in a way that i knew that art could be social commentary as well and not just um um you know matching the couch so um when did you start developing this particular style that we're looking at today which is mixture of contemporary figurative work that's commercial with um native influence around it it's, um, well, I think I've been doing this for almost 25 years professionally. I had my first charcoal drawing show in Syracuse when I was like 18. Um, it's just a, a culmination of uh, doing the studio work, just being in the studio and I'm constantly revising my process, um, adding and subtracting, you know, different techniques and subject matters. And I'm always um, on the lookout trying to get out of my own way and, and like not make a painting and say, that's not a Frank Buffalo eye painting. I can't do that. Um, I, I, I really try not to limit myself that way. Um, having said that, I do. I'm not one of those artists that thinks that everything that I do is amazing. I mean, I, you know, I'm pretty critical. And once my work does get out into the world, it's usually gone through a pretty rigorous um, editing process, you know, with myself and my family. And, you know, my wife and my daughter are brutal, too. They're super, they're super honest. <laughs> well, you need that, right? Yeah, yeah. And then it's just like my daughter comes in like, oh, that's awful. <laughs> like, oh, nope, that's the wrong green. Like I was doing a Hulk painting one time and she was like four. She came down the stairs and she's like, she's like, daddy, that's the wrong green. And she started and went walking out of the room and I sat there looking at it and I was like, talk on it. Yeah, she's right. <laughs> Damn. I was like down there changing the Hulk color really fast. Um, but yeah, so that's great. I mean, I think, you know, having a family has really accelerated and allowed me to be more successful because you need that ground. You need that stability to um, keep you moving forward, if that makes any sense. And, you know, I, I was um, I had a career, you know, before I had a family, but 
Um, those times when I was single, I was, you know, preoccupied with other things and not necessarily concentrating on um, painting. So like you said before, I, I've committed my life to this. I've dedicated my life to this. And I made a commitment early on that this is what I was going to do with my life. And that um, my, my goal is to improve. Um, and uh, I've been fortunate that every year I've been able to, you know, sort of um, advance in some way, like museum shows or gallery representation or sales or techniques. Um, so it's, um, it seems like yesterday, but it seems like forever also. Yeah. Well, something else I wanted to, uh, the audience to know, you know, uh, Frank was born with some disabilities without an arm and a leg. And um, how have you been able to overcome the disabilities to become a great artist? Well, I mean, um, we have to go back a little bit to when my father left high school, or he left the Institute of American Indian Arts. He went to the Santa Fe Art Institute. Um, T.C. Cannon went there also. And they both decided that they were going to enlist in the Army because they were tired of being, they're tired of starving. They would go to parties and just fill up bags of food and, you know, just hang out and just so they could eat. So they figured if they went in the army, they would at least be fed and then, you know, they could come back and go to college after. So um, my father did two tours of um, duty in Vietnam and was exposed to Agent Orange, the defoliant. Um, they would spray it on the jungle to kill it so that we could see, you know, um, the enemy clear. And as a result of that, I was born uh, with a congenital birth defect, um, my arm below the elbow and above my knee. Um, so I've been underestimated from day one. You know, I was born, they went at the Indian hospital, they, uh, they wanted to put me in an institution. They told my mother that I would never have a normal life. And they were totally correct. I haven't had, no, I've had an extraordinary life. Um, but, um, so she said, hell no, you know, you're, we're not putting him in an institution. And, and that kind of really set the tone for my life and my childhood. I've, I've been out experiencing life and living life just like everyone else. And, you know, I was so obsessed with being like everybody else, I didn't realize that I was not, I mean, I was extraordinary in different ways. Yeah. So I would concentrate on those um, positives. And, um, but being a, an, a marginalized artist in the art world, like an artist of color or, an, or a native artist is hard enough, but then to be a, a person with a disability in those markets, it's even, it's even more tough. So for a long time, I didn't let a lot of people photograph me. I, my work was out there for almost 15 years without people really knowing that I was making it. And when, you know, slowly, you know, when people started finding out, they were super surprised and, you know, cause I'm not the kind of person that that's the first thing out of my mouth, like, hi, I'm Frank Buffalohead, I'm an artist, you know, I, you know, it's just not, that's not how I am. I'm not, you know, pretty chill about it. I'm not, um, screaming it from the rooftops because, you know, I've been fortunate that my, um, my career and my work speaks for itself. And, you know, the museum collections that I'm in and the, you know, the collaborations and the books and everything that I've done is, is it's there. It's a permanent record. And I've, you know, um, accomplished a lot of things without even thinking of myself as a person of a disability. And it's only these days where I'm in a position to um, put a spotlight on those issues that I that I am lending my art, my voice to um, different causes for people with disabilities because um, we need an advocate that people will listen to and take seriously. So um, there is still a lot of work to do for people with disabilities. It's just, um, you know, 
simple access. It's, it's a number one, it's a right handed world. And number two, not everything is handicap accessible everywhere. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, today we had to apologize uh, to have you walk up the stairs, right? And we don't yeah. even have an elevator in here. That sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a lot of people who sure would like to come up the stairs. You know, mm-hmm. it's hard. Well, you've been an inspiration to, to many people, Frank. I, I actually looked at your work first. I didn't even know you had disabilities. And so but that's what you're talking about, right? Now, be known for your messaging and uh, your skill level. Um, for those of you who want to uh, know a little bit more about Frank, you can go to our website under our blogs and you can look at a, a, a Colores video that was made on him. How, how old was that video? I think that 2017. 2017. So. so it's fairly fresh, but yeah. it's, it gives people a good idea. So if you get a chance, uh, go to our website, blueraingallery.com and, and learn more about Frank. And there's a lot of uh, great images superimposed through that uh, interview. And I like that as well. Uh, he's, he's pretty diverse in his subject matter and diversity. Um, I, I like what I see, I'm seeing in the native art movement. Uh, it's more going like this, I think. Uh, so you're 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 pretty much a forerunner to to the style. Um, I think um, David Bradley would be the first one I probably recognize as far as starting that uh, you know native scenes uh, or native people and contemporary scenes you know. And then uh, we just picked up Ryan Singer and you. I, I think you guys are great artists and you're great voices. Uh, for the contemporary native art movement. And uh, I think it's starting to get recognition. I was looking at the, the museums that you're in. Uh, why don't you tell us a few of your favorite museums that your works are in? Um, thank you, I appreciate that. And, and Ryan is an amazing artist. I've you know always loved his work. He's a great person as well. And um, it's very rare that you can have someone that is like similar-minded and like-minded that you can you know talk to and not have to be competitive with. So he's, he's an amazing dude. Um, but I've, you know, I'm in the museum of contemporary native art, the museum of Indian arts and culture, um, the wheelwright, um, the Smithsonian, uh, national museum of the American Indian, um, recently the Mead museum at Amherst and, um, the Everson museum in Syracuse, New York, um, just to name a few. But I, I'm, like I said, I was very fortunate. I'm still very fortunate to be, um, that those people are interested in my work and they, they sort of get what I'm after. And um, what you said about the contemporary native art movement is, you know, it's definitely taking all the contemporary influences of, you know, what pop life is and what modern life is and then reconfiguring it and using it um, just to show a glimpse into sort of how we're influenced by the same things that everybody else is and that not everything is so has to be so culturally um, centered or have some sort of cultural um, knowledge dispersed in it um, so I mean that's I think that's what you're saying well yeah and I, I think the uh, the museums are finally waking up to the the beauty of the native cultures and their art and because uh, we've seen a huge increase of museums collecting native art from our gallery um, in large amounts um, Chris Papan and Star Hardridge included, you know, uh, and not to mention uh, Preston Singletary in, in a different medium. And that guy's really paving the path. Oh, yeah. I like Preston. He's, a, he's an awesome dude. Yeah. He's, he's a blessing to us uh, here at Blue Rain. We, we love working with him. And, but we're going to love working with you, too. And so we hope that this is going to be a long journey and can uh, hang tough together through the thick and the thin. Because, you know, art market. Oh, yeah. It's you know, up and it's down. It's never. It's. I wish it was like that, right? You can just 
plan that out. And some artists get lucky that way. Yeah. But most people, it's a struggle. It can be. I mean, I've, uh, it took the pandemic for me to really uh, reevaluate my goals. And, you know, I've had a full-time, part-time job the whole time until the pandemic. And then um, I'm a full-time artist as of, you know, 2020. And it's going way better than I expected. And it's been amazing. So it's, um, I understand what the struggle is. And like I tell people, I've shown in every coffee shop between Santa Fe and Syracuse, <laughs> and every library. And for years, I would say yes to everything. But now, you know, as you get older, you're able to pick and choose and, and um, say no once in a while. It still feels weird. But, um, and then I remember, you know, Blue Rain, Blue Rain Gallery in uh, Taos. And here, you know, I've always, always come and checked out you, what you've done in your galleries and the artists that you've carried. So you've also been an inspiration in my career and um, something to aspire to. So to be actually in the gallery is, is a, a pretty amazing thing for me. And, you know, I'm looking forward to the show in August. And um, I think the main, the main point and, and what I really uh, am picking on, picking up on uh, with what you're doing with your artists is that, you know, there's a positive, um, movement of contemporary native artists that are moving forward um, and just pushing the envelope because they it's the work they like to make and it's and it's all done in a positive way it's not didactic and it's not um militant but at times it can be but you know but not it's more effective when people are all moving in the same direction collectively and not um you know being super competitive with each other. Well, you know, I, I, I thank um, God for your father's generation, the TC Cannons, uh, uh, Doug uh, Hydes, and, you know, um, great artists of that generation paved the rate for that, the, paid the uh, price for that voice to grow. And you guys are really doing fantastic, and I like it. It's, it's, some of it's raw, but it's great. This is uh, good, good messaging. Thank you. No, I, I've, I always am thankful for all of the artists, you know, not just the contemporary ones, but even, you know, the ones that still do the more traditional um, Native American arts. You know, I, I love a lot of that work. It's very well done, and, you know, I, I collect some of it, and it's, you know, without them as well, we wouldn't have such a well-rounded, strong market that, you know, feeds into its into each other no for sure for yeah. sure well blue rain has had a good balance on that <laughs> for a long time yeah. so well uh frank thanks for uh, coming in today and spending a little time with us we are looking forward to his show he'll be showing with us during our indian market week uh, i'd like to encourage everybody to come and check it out um we'd like to also invite everybody to sign up for our podcasts on any of the platforms you prefer you can also catch these podcasts on our website blueraingallery.com under the main menu and podcast. Um, like to also encourage people to visit our other website, blueraimprintshop.com. Take art into your everyday life. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, Spring. Thanks for having me. <laughs>